Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 11. So then, remember that at one time you were Gentiles in the flesh, called the uncircumcised by those called the circumcised, which is done in the flesh by human hands. And at that time you were without Christ, excluded from the citizenship of Israel and foreigners to the covenants of promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now... In Christ Jesus, you who were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace who made both groups one and tore down the dividing wall of hostility. In his flesh, he made of no effect the law consisting of commands and expressed in regulations so that he might create in himself one new man from the two resulting in peace. He did this so that he might reconcile both to God in one body through the cross on which and by which he put the hostility to death. He came and proclaimed the good news of peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him, the whole building being put together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you are also being built together for God's dwelling in the spirit. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth of it. We thank you that you encourage us today and give us life that can only come from you. Uh, We are here today for our daily bread. What we need from you today, Lord, we know that you will richly provide as we seek you. So shall we find you in Jesus name. Amen. I read a study this week as I was already meditating on this text. A study came out released by Gallup, G-A-L-L-U-P. They're one of the big survey groups. Everybody's familiar with them. Um, And they did what they called a meta-survey, which covered a whole lot of people, reached over into 140 different countries. Uh, And it had one question, it was just one question, on this meta-survey asked in these 140 countries, And the question was, in general, how lonely do you feel? In general, how lonely do you feel? And if you wanted to look up more information on this, you just Google Gallup, G-A-L-L-U-P, and lonely. How lonely, in general, do you feel? And they wanted to research this because... Um, uh, other studies have shown us that loneliness is associated with a wide array of mental health problems and even physical health problems um, going to our physical and mental well-being. And what they determine, looking over into the responses from these 140 countries, I think the only one they couldn't get into was China. Over half of the people surveyed responded that they felt Uh, lonely. With over half of those, so I think 26% of the respondents saying that they were very lonely. And that was kind of stood out to me again when we're talking about the text to think on in countries all over the world, millions of people 
Because you're talking about percentages, that would, you know, you know how surveys work. You get a sample size and you're able to extrapolate that to the public as a whole. Half of the world feeling lonely and half of them exceedingly or especially lonely experiencing that on a daily basis. And you would expect the group that reported that because they also checked it by age. Ryan, in which age would you expect to feel the most lonely? You would expect it to be our older folks. You know, they don't have as much family or any family in the house. You know, other loved ones already gone on. You would expect them to be at the higher part of the list as a group for how lonely is it that you feel. But surprisingly, it was the youngest people. It was those 30 and under that reported the highest levels as a group. Which is especially a concern because what does that mean? They're not going to get less lonely as they get older, are they? It's a problem that's going to get worse. If your youngest people are your loneliest people, you're going to continue to become a more and more lonely people. Loneliness isn't solitude or being by yourself. That's a physical, you know, situation. Loneliness is what? It's a feeling or a state of mind where you feel alone, you feel excluded, even unwanted, right? That's, that's loneliness, that there's a desire for something that I don't have and I, I, I feel the lack of it in my heart and in my soul, because, you know, you can be alone in a crowd of people, right? You can feel alone in this room today, even though there's a bunch of people in here with you. There are people physically present, but you can nevertheless feel alone or separated from what it is that I want to be a part of. I was thinking on uh, a podcast I listened to, a few comedians get on there and they talk together and uh, they all travel and do their work all across the country. And one of the guys was doing a show in a hotel and he said, I went in to check into my room because the show was in the bottom of the hotel, maybe in a corporate gig, you know, where they have business conferences and stuff downstairs. And he said, I'm, I'm here to get my room. And they said, well, we've got good news. Uh, your room that we were going to put you in, we weren't able to put you in. So we've upgraded you to the presidential suite. And he was like, the presidential suite? Like, I don't know. Well, you know, some hotels, like the whole top floor may be one big suite with, you know, multiple bathrooms, multiple living areas, you know, different bedrooms, huge kitchen, just a huge. <laughs> so he said, I'm, I'm in this presidential suite. And he's like, it's amazing. Like, there's a, a view that, you know, would have been unmatched in any of the other rooms. There's like all these bathrooms, everything's outfitted in the kitchen, the bar set up that's got all kinds of snacks and things in it. And there's a pool table in this hotel room. He's just talking, he's talking with his friends about how, you know, awesome this room was. I said, well, did you enjoy it? He's like, not really, because I was just in there by myself. Like, it's just me in the middle of this big, huge Room and like you can only do so much. He said, so I ended up just like sitting on the couch on my phone because what, what, what am I going to do in here when I'm by myself? And so he had, I'm sure, a little bit of that feeling of loneliness. Like there, there can be a lot of awesome things going on. I mean, how wouldn't that be really great to get to stay in a room like that? But you want people to share it with. 
you, you, you want that connection there with other folks in this life. And um, jumping off of that study on loneliness, we see some of that language here in Ephesians. If you look at verse 11 and 12, when he told them, you know, remember at one time you were Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcised by those who were circumcised. This is done in the flesh by human hands. At that time, you were without Christ, excluded from the citizenship of Israel and foreigners to the covenants of promise without hope and without God in the world. He's addressing the church at Ephesus and the others who would likewise read this letter. And he's like, you were Gentiles. I mean, you weren't part of the nation of Israel. We've been going back to the book of or the Old Testament books and reading through some of those Bible stories. And, and so much of that points out to us the difference between Jew and Gentile, right? The Jews were God's special people selected out of Abraham, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And then the nation birthed out from there. And there was a separation between those folks who were of the tribes of Israel and those who weren't of the tribes of Israel. He's like, you were Gentiles uncircumcised. You were without Christ. You were excluded from the citizenship of Israel. And they would have used that word uncircumcised, not just as a description of their physical characteristic, but they would use it almost as a slur. You know, he, he's one of them are uncircumcised. Like he's not a part of this. He's an he's an outsider. He's excluded or she's excluded from uh, the covenants of promise without hope and without God in the world. And you compare this to where we were last week at the beginning of chapter two, where we talked about how all of us are alienated from God, right? That we are dead in our sins and trespasses, walking according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the inclinations and the desires of our flesh, that we are dead in our sins and trespasses and thus separated from God. And this week is similar. We are alienated in our sin, not just from God, but also from God's people, right? From being a part of what it is that we want to be a part of. And when I'm reading this and when I'm studying, it makes it clear to me once again that one thing that sin does is destroys relationships. I, I, I wanted to use the word fracture there because that's the word we use. That, you know, creation was fractured. My our relationship was fractured. There's like a... Because it sounds like a quick break and it's, you know, complete and total. But then to the, yesterday I was looking at it again. I was like, the word I want to use more is dissolves. Sin dissolves relationships. It, it slowly but surely eats them away. And then you don't notice until it's gone. Our relationship with God, but also our relationship with one another. And that leaves us alienated from him alienated from his people and feeling alone in the world. It's what sin does. Like I said, it's not just a fracture, even though we came into this life without a relationship with him. We see that sin will dissolve our relationship with each other if we're not walking together in Christ. And you've seen that before. You had a relationship with somebody. Sin came in between the two of you and then you didn't have a relationship anymore. You were excluded then from that relationship. So our sin, both corporate, us as mankind and individual, will dissolve our relationships with others and alienate us from the people of God. And it'll stick in our consciousness and we'll say things like, well, I don't fit in with them because... 
Well, I don't belong. I don't belong to that because I don't really, you know, they're different. I don't really fit. You know, you see what I'm saying? It shows up in our language, this this language of being othered or exiled. Again, I'm not a part of what it is that I want to be a part of. I feel like an outcast. I'm separated from something that I'm actually designed to be a part of, which is the family of God. And our sin separates us from him. It can also separate us from one another and separate us from the people of God. Again, verse 12. You were without Christ, excluded from the citizenship of Israel, foreigners to the covenants of promise, without hope and without God in the world. Verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were far away have been brought near By the blood of Christ, for he is our peace who made both groups one and tore down the dividing wall of hostility. So just like we saw last week that Jesus makes us alive, even though we were dead in our sins and trespasses, even though we were far away from a relationship with God's people, being a part of God's Family, He has, by his blood, redeemed us and brought us close, brought us near. Again, we were first without him. He made us close with God. Then you look and he restores our relationship with his people. That language, you who were far away have now been brought Near and that he is our peace. What does it mean he's our peace? It means we don't have any enmity with one another as part of the family of God. He has torn down that dividing wall of hostility. That, you know, we're not going to get too deep into the difference between Jew and Gentile because that's not as applicable. I could, I could do a big long study on it for you, but the Lord took me this direction today. But what I will tell you is that dividing wall of hostility, we think, was actually a reference to the temple that had a literal physical wall with a sign on it that said no Gentiles passed to this point. You have to be of the tribe of Israel to go past this point. So they could only be in the very outside part of the outside part of the temple. They were literally and physically excluded from being in and being a part of the worship in the temple. But it says Jesus tore that wall down and those who were far away, he brought near. And so if you are a believer, that applies to you. But watch what we do. We will still self exclude ourselves Because of how we feel on the inside. We will self-exclude ourselves from the people of God and the body of Christ because of a sin consciousness that we haven't yet let go of. We're not walking by faith. We're walking by who we still felt like that we were and that we wouldn't yet be accepted. I don't belong. I don't fit. I can't. Well, I wasn't raised that way. I, I wasn't brought up like that. I was, I was far away. And you, and you feel that exclusion and you almost accept it. You apply it to yourself because you're worried somebody else is going to apply it to you. And so you're like, if I apply it to myself first, then they can't kick me out if I kick myself out. Right? 
And that's what we do because of this sin consciousness that still wants to permeate our mind. And what Paul is telling them, he's t- and these again were Gentiles who were far away from God. He's saying, don't rebuild a wall that Jesus has torn down. Don't keep yourself out when he has brought you near. Now you had the the Jews, they were the people of God through whom the Messiah would come and from them the Gentiles were alienated. And a close parallel for us and what we can think about today, especially, you know, growing up where we most of us grew up, growing up how most of us grew up, you know, in the context uh, cultural context of the Bible Belt in America. You, you could parallel that to there were people that grew up close to the church and close to the things of God, right? Some of us grew up in church, close to church, close to the things of God, close to what was going on. That's where we grew up. And then there's another group that grew up very, very far from the things of God. We grew up a, away from anything I thought about God. I didn't know there was a God, right? And so you had some that were far and you had some that were near. But he says there at the end of verse 14, in his flesh, then verse 15, he has made of no effect the law consisting of commands and expressed in regulations. Why? So that he might create in himself one new man from the two, resulting in peace. One new person from the two resulting in peace. There was no longer be Jew and Gentile. There would be Christian. There would no longer be this separation of Jew and Gentile. They're now in Christ Christian believers. He took from the two and made one new person. You see that example that he's using. He's like, y'all were so different. He had to make you be one. Or else you wouldn't have been able to walk together in agreement. Verse 16. Why did he do this? He's going to tell us. Let me take a drink. I'm about to lose my voice. He did this so that. He's going to tell us why. Verse 16. He did this so that he might reconcile both to God in one body through the cross by which he put the hostility to death. <clears throat> he did this so that he might take the Jew and the Gentile and reconcile them both to God in his one body. He did this so he might take those who grew up around church and around the things of God and take the ones who grew up so far from the things of God and from the church that they didn't know what it was and reconcile them both together in his one body simultaneously reconciling them both to God and to one another. Bringing them together with one another as he brought them together with God the Father. Verse 17. He came and proclaimed the good news of peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. He came and proclaimed the gospel, the good news of peace. What? Removing that enmity between you and God and between you and one another. He proclaimed it to who? Those who were near and those who were far away. Even the Jews needed to hear the gospel. 
Even the people who grew up in church, you know, consecrated, even baptized as a baby in the church, they needed to hear the gospel at the same level of need as someone who was a Gentile or was who was so far away from the things of God that didn't even know that they existed until they heard it. He said both had to hear the gospel of peace from Jesus. Whether you grew up in church and were there every time the doors were open or you never darkened the door of the church, we needed to hear the gospel of peace. And what this means is I can't, you can't exclude anybody based on who they were, based on where they're from, based on what they've done. Most of all, I can't exclude myself because of those things. Do you see that? You can't. He said, I had to preach the gospel to those who were near and to those who were far, and I reconciled them together in the body of Christ. He killed the hostility on the cross and from the two groups made one new. So you can't think yourself to be righteous because you always grew up in church because you needed to hear the gospel too. And you can't exclude yourself from the people of God because of where you came from, who you used to be, who your old dead person was. When, you, when God found you, saved you, radically began to change you, you can't exclude yourself because you came from there and not from over here. Because both had to hear the gospel of peace. We can't exclude anyone, most of all, ourselves. Because we will exclude ourselves first and foremost. We'll say, that's for, you know, that, that's for him. He's a pastor. That's for her. She's been in church all her life. They just seem to always do good. That's not for me because that's not where I came from. That's not who I was. That's not, you don't know who I am. You don't know the things I've done. You don't know the things I've been through, the things I put up with in my family. I can't. I'm not that. And what Paul is saying is what Christ showed him. It says they're not that either. I need to take both and make something new. Amen. We were all dead in our trespasses and sins. He made us alive in Christ Jesus. Again, that was last week. And then he proclaimed the good news to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both, who? Both groups, have access in one spirit to the Father. Through Christ, we have access through the one spirit of God to the Father. He has brought two together and made them one new man. Look what else he said. Verse 19. So then... You are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the corner stone. Because he started off saying, remember, y'all in Ephesus, you used to be Gentiles. 
You were excluded. You were far away. You were talked down to. You were talked bad about. He's like, you're not that anymore. So then you are no longer foreigners and strangers. You're no longer excluded, but you're now fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household. Don't live as a foreigner and a stranger when Jesus said you weren't one anymore. He said you're part of his household. Don't live in that loneliness when he's given you a family to be a part of. Don't exclude yourself for reasons that he doesn't exclude you for. Because you can walk in this life and be, be a saved on your way to the kingdom, blood-bought believer and still live in the pain that you felt when you were outside and excluded. Because you're still staying out there thinking you're not good enough to come to the table of God's household and you're excluding yourself. We don't want to live in that when he's given us a place in the family. He said that that family, that household is built on the foundations of the apostles and the prophets. He's like, it's all together with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. It's like we sang today. I'm thankful that Andrew either reads ahead. I think he might. And what our what our text is going to say, or he listens to the Holy Ghost. I think when you sing about the cornerstone today. Because it always seems to fit. Now we understand we don't have, you know, the men in black uh, memory eraser, right? Where we can just erase from everybody's memory who I was, what I used to do, how I used to be. We don't have that. We don't get to be Barty McFly and jump in the DeLorean and go back and change it. And like, well, I'm going to go back to when I was born and start it over from there. We, we have to deal with some of the things that we dealt with as that as we're being moved out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of his dear son there are going to be some things that you have to process but the important part is to is to testify that i was far away I was dead in my sins and trespasses. In Christ, he made me alive. In Christ, he brought me near, preaching to me the same gospel of peace that he preached to the ones who never left the church house. And we both needed it equally because we were both dead in the same trespasses and sins. It knows no bounds. It knows no levels. It's not like one needed a minor adjustment and one needed an overhaul. Ever excludes yourself in loneliness when he's made a place for you at the table and in the family. There are no walls separating those who are in Christ from one another or from the father. There are no walls. Again, lest we put something up ourselves. Lest we rebuild what he tore down to exclude ourselves from the family of God and what he is doing in the kingdom and live like we were still outside. We're fellow citizens with the saints, members of God's household. And see, this will result in the supernatural elimination of loneliness. It will eliminate it. Why? Because you're together with him and you're together with his people. 
You can be in solitude. That's fine. You, you, you don't have to be in loneliness because you have been joined together with him and joined together with his people in this life of faith. These are the things, going back to the first of Ephesians, that Paul prayed that the people of Ephesus and us too, as we're reading it, would be able to see. He said, I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened so that you may know. He had already preached this to them. They had already heard it. They were already believers. They were already doing the work of the kingdom there in Ephesus. It was going amazing. And he's telling them over and over again, don't forget who you were. Don't forget what he's done and never go back to that old mindset. The problem is that we were far away. The problem is that we were excluded from the household of faith, that we were, that we were strangers and foreigners, that we were without hope and without God in the world. And then Christ, dead in our sins and trespasses, he made us alive. We were far away. He brought us near. He is the solution that we are partaking of. It wasn't of anything we could do. We learned about that last week. It's only what he did. And we just then get to walk in what Christ has already done. Not excluding myself because of who I was. Not excluding myself for something that he doesn't exclude me for. He said, I have a place at the table. So what does that look like going forward? What does that look like in the future to be uh, fellow citizens with the saints, members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, with Christ Jesus himself at the cornerstone? Verse 21, in him the whole building being put together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you are also being built together for God's dwelling is in the spirit, for God's dwelling in the spirit. He uses this example. He's like, it's like a building. You're, you're another brick in the wall. And you may have been a brick that was far from God. You may have been a brick that was really close your whole life. But guess what? Y'all are both in the same wall of this building that he is constructing. The body of Christ. One holding up the other. Not one weaker than the other. Not one stronger than the other. You are brought in as members of God's household. As a part of what he is constructing here in the world. That his very presence will dwell with within the body of Christ. Sin will destroy and dissolve relationships. It will, that sin consciousness, you not seeing yourself as he sees you, you not seeing yourself by faith, but seeing yourself as you were, will dissolve and just destroy the relationship that you would have with the body of Christ and with those in it. Because you will exclude yourself from something that he made you to be a part of. And you will miss out on the things that he has designed for you to receive from that by his goodness and by his grace. It results in loneliness and it feels like death. But Christ, even though we were dead in our sins and trespasses, he's made us alive. Even though we were far away. He has brought us near and joined us together. He is our foundation. You see that it's not my foundation. 
It's not your foundation. You don't have to do it. He is the foundation. He is the cornerstone. He is the one that is putting us together, both with God, which we need so much, and with one another, which helps us get through this life. Right? He has put us together, joined us, reconciled us with God. Amen. And with one another. And don't miss out on that second part because there's so many gifts and graces and wonderful things available to you as a part of that household of faith that he brought you into. Nobody else brought you into it so they can't exclude you from it. Don't exclude yourself from it. And did you see what it brings? It uses this one word over and over in here. And that word is peace. That word is peace. He proclaimed the gospel of peace to you, that He is our peace. And that peace is an answer to the brokenness that we feel. When you see peace in Scripture, it doesn't just mean calm. It means nothing broken and nothing missing. Means where I was broken, I'm not broken anymore. Where I was missing things, I'm not missing them anymore. Because he said he brought peace between us and God and peace between me and you. Peace one to another. When everything is as it ought to be. And that's how we are when we're in Christ and in his body. So going back to this as I close. I only had three. I cut myself. I cut myself shorter today. I thought Tim talked too long. That's what it was. No. This idea of loneliness. Why do people feel alone? It's because they're separated from or excluding, excluded from that which they see themselves needing. And his answer to that in Christ is peace. Peace with God Almighty to where I always know that he's with me. See, I'll even exclude myself from my relationship with him. I won't talk to him. I won't seek him. Why? Because I don't feel worthy. And the same thing with my brothers and sisters. I'll avoid the fellowship. I'll avoid the, the, the body of Christ because I don't feel worthy. I don't feel like I'm enough. And Scripture is very clear that you're not worthy and you're not enough. So we find a little bit of freedom in there, don't we? That, oh, Scripture, find, scripture says it's just like I thought I was. I'm not worthy and I'm not enough. What do I feel like? I feel like I'm dead in my sins and my trespasses. I feel like I'm one who's far away. I'm not worthy and I'm not enough. But God, who is rich in mercy, has made us alive in Christ Jesus. But God, or now God, has brought us together, both with himself and with others. In Christ Jesus, you who are far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You're not worthy and you're not enough, but he is worthy and he is enough. And his word stands for more than yours. So whether you think you should be excluded, he says that you're not. 
And He has a place for you on the foundation of Christ with Him as the cornerstone in the building that's being put together. That's growing into the holy temple in the Lord. That includes all the way back to the brothers and sisters that were at Ephesus and all the way forward to the brothers and sisters that will be for as long as the earth remains. You're a part of that. Don't exclude yourself from something that God has made you a part of. And don't rebuild a wall that he's torn down. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you have an answer for our loneliness. Not just ours, but for all mankind's. Lord, we know that this is going to continue to proliferate as young people are detached from everything. And they're looking for something. And we know that answer is you. I thank you that you will help us to stand and be a light to the lonely. To be a welcoming voice and hand as they enter into your kingdom. Lord, that that loneliness that we feel, even if we have everything the world has to offer, just like the young man in the presidential suite at the hotel, even if we have everything, if we're by ourselves, it's not anything without you and then the ones you've put in our life to walk with. Lord, help us to shine that light of your truth, the gospel of peace to those who are far and to those who are near. Lord, that we won't think highly of ourselves because we we may have come up in the church and we won't think lowly of ourselves because we grew up outside of it because we all were dead in our trespasses and sins and all needed to be made alive. Lord, even those who were near needed the gospel of peace preached to them. And I thank you that you're taking us and you're not separating us out into desirable and undesirable. It said you reconciled both into one new person, a believer in Christ Jesus. And Lord, what you're constructing out of that is more than we can fathom. But I thank you that we get to be a part of it. Lord, as we gather around tables today, I pray that you bless the food that we're going to eat. I thank you, Lord, that we don't take it for granted that we get to have a full belly today. And God, I thank you that you will be where you said you would be. You'll be at the table of fellowship with the brothers and sisters in Christ. I thank you that we'll be built up and edified. And as we go out from here today, that you protect us, preserve us, sustain us, and uphold us into this week. That we'll look to you knowing that we have this access by Christ Jesus. We have peace with you. And by faith, we stand in your grace. And I thank you that we receive all that we have need of from that. And I thank you, Lord, for the many brothers and sisters that you've put into our life. Those that we know and those that we get to walk with here and those that we don't yet even know who they are, but that you're bringing in the future. We love you and thank you. Multiply grace and mercy and peace upon us in Jesus' name.